So welcome back to another episode of the Reds Disciples podcast. And we just got finished with Summer League. Wasn't that absolutely exciting? Yeah, no, that 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 game sucked. Yeah, that was that was not good times. But it's just Summer League. So whatever. But yeah, we we I much more enjoyed it when we were beating teams by 20 and 30 instead of losing by 30. Um, but that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, but once again, welcome back. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, my name is Aaron, uh, and uh, I am the uh, lead admin of the Reds Disciples Facebook community, um, home for civil discourse for our beloved Boston Celtics. Uh, this uh the red this podcast the reds disciples podcast is a podcast that is for celtics fans and by celtics fans this is not a deal where we're about bringing in media members and having hearing those guys opinions no screw that we want to hear your opinions your voice in this podcast we want your sound we want to know what you think not just what the media, what we read from the media. We want you to read that information and then after that, analyze it, tell us what you come up with. That's what we're about here. So if you are catching this and you're uh, in the Reds Disciples podcast page on Facebook, or maybe you're on YouTube on the Reds Disciples podcast page on YouTube, or maybe you're just listening to this on the audio version on Spotify or iTunes. We're now on that. That's right. Mama, I made it. We grew up. We grew up. We blew up. You know, mad snakes in the grass. Now he knew I was a lot. You know, I'm messing that up. It's cold. It's a cold reference, though. Uh, mad snake, snakes in the grass. Letting know a nigga that he's alive. I just completely butchered that. But doesn't matter. I don't care. Point is, you're here. Con congratulations. Thank you for being a part of this. I will get the Cole reference right next time. Uh, I am horrible. But what was uh, what was worse than that? Worse than that attempt at Cole was our performance tonight uh, at the Vegas Summer League. Again, it is Summer League, so it's it's not that deep, y'all. For real, it, it, it's, it's not that deep. Um, you know, I know this this game got kind of billed as um, as Davion Mitchell, uh, the defensive monster, and he was every bit uh, as advertised. He was sensational versus uh, Peyton Pritchard, who definitely had an off game. Um, but I mean, this was about more than just those two players. And we still learned a, a lot, I, I think, uh, not just in this game, but the whole summer league. I, I think it's it was a definite success. Most importantly, nobody got hurt. All right. Well, correction, not nobody got hurt. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more. But most of the important guys didn't get hurt. Maybe I'll say that. 
mostly important guys didn't get hurt. But for tonight's game, uh, which was a loss, uh, I don't have the box score up in front of me. Um, I can pull it up here uh, on my other laptop. 100 to 67. Yeah, 33 points. That's what we lost by. But um, despite that, uh, you know, there was some good stuff and there was some bad stuff. Bad stuff was 28 turnovers. Now, a lot of that, a lot of that, if you watch this game, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about in a minute. But, like, we only, we didn't have Yamadar playing. And so, really, we only had two ball in. We really had two ball handlers, really three, maybe, uh, two and a half, maybe. Uh, Better on was basically uh, handling the ball. Uh, and Carson and Pritchard and Sa- Sacramento knew what they were doing. You guys don't have a lot of ball handlers. We're going to turn up the pressure, turn up the heat, force guys who are not used to having to make plays, make plays. And that's how you get 28 turnovers. A lot of guys trying to do things that they wouldn't normally do if they were on a regular Celtics roster in a regular Celtics game with our full complement of players these guys wouldn't be trying to do the things they wouldn't be in position rather to do the things that they were trying to do in this game trying to handle trying to play make um, when Mitchell kind of put the clamps down on Pritchard who uh, it just had a tough game uh, it forced Begaron and um and uh, Neesmith and Edwards to try to make plays. And those guys had a lot of turnovers, just dribbling it off their foot, you know, dribbling it into traffic, just getting ripped as Sacramento turned up the pressure. Um, And then there's Carson who just, uh, in many cases, just gunned it. He didn't have as many turnovers, I don't think, but it's mostly because he just saw the rim. Um, but as far as, as Pritchard goes, I think in this first segment, what we'll do is just kind of run through the recap of this particular game. Um, and then overall, uh, what we thought of summer league in general, then after that, um, we can discuss the Marcus smart extension. There was uh, an extension, Brad um, extended Marcus Smart. Marcus secured the bag. Um, exciting news uh, for many for many Celtics fans. I know there's some fans that are still not smart fans, and I get it. I get it. But uh, in any case, Marcus gets the bag. Congratulations to him. And then finally. Um, we'll go over our poll results from last week. Uh, last week's poll was what grade do you give this off season? Obviously we'll have to include that in. I wonder if that, if the extension of Marcus changes anybody's grades, um, you can put that in the comments later or add that, uh, later. Uh, and then afterwards, finally our post of the week. Um, we'll get into that at the end. So that's 
basically this week's show uh, in a nutshell. Um, so Pritchard, uh, again, Pritchard 0 for 6 from 3, only 6 points today on a few layups. Uh, Mitchell, I mean, Mitchell had only 9 points and 7 assists, but I mean, his, his impact was immense uh he just after we started out really good we started out we we got out to a 10-point lead really early and then bobby jackson the coach of sacramento just woke his boys up and just just said chopper sick balls and that's pretty much what happened after that uh and just had us on the defensive for the rest of the game um so yeah, and, and so I, it's possible Pritchard may have even been a little tired from all the, you know, 40-footers he was hoisting back in Portland uh, with his pro-am. Uh, this week has been kind of the, the week of Pritchard, uh, if you will, uh, with him leaving, leaving Vegas to go back to play in, in uh, the Portland pro-am which was already determined uh, months in advance that he would do this. So he wasn't just abandoning the team or anything like that. This was planned. Um, it was nice. I mean, I know Seattle has a big pro-am, but I, I, I've never heard of the Portland pro-am. I didn't know that Portland has a big, you know, you know, presence that way like that. Um, at least not like Seattle does. Um, but in any case, it was good. It kind of helped put him a little bit on the map. He scored 92 points in one game. And I think the next one, he had like a, a 60 point triple double, uh, to get his team the win. So, I mean, it's programs are, you know, they're whatever, um, they're even more whatever than summer league, but I mean, it was nice. Yeah. He, you know, that obviously filled them with a lot of confidence. Um, Summer League itself gave Pritchard a lot of confidence. Uh, I think even this game, I, I, I don't. I think if you stack, if think if you, if you had Pritchard play this game again, he would not be this bad again. Um, he was put on his heels a little bit. And that's understandable. It happens. It's a good experience. It's a good experience to for him to have to battle through pressure and guys that are super athletic defensively, uh, it's going to make him a better player overall in the long run. So this, this was good. This was good for his growth. This was good for his development. Uh, up to this point, it had looked honestly like, you know, Pritchard wasn't really getting anything out of summer league, you know, and, Last week, I was about all but, you know, I was basically saying Pritchard doesn't even need to play anymore uh, because he's not getting anything out of that. And then he had the pro-am, he wasn't getting anything out of that either. You know, I mean, he got some confidence and he continued confidence and a boost as a, you know, a really good player. But, you know, there's not much else to that. He was learning on that level. So I, it's thankful that he played one more game and this game gave him some, this game gave him some good tape to review. Uh, so this may have been the best thing that happened to this team. Uh, 
And so, um, but overall, it, it's been a really good experience for Nismith, for excuse me, Nismith, Pritchard, Nismith too. Um, but for Pritchard, this has been a really good experience catapulting him into camp. Uh, I think he's going to come into camp with a, a lot of, with a lot of confidence. I look forward to seeing him play a role on this team next year off the bench. Um, and, you know, being a shooter and um, maybe a secondary tertiary playmaker when he's on the court with some other guys, he's going to be able to do some things. Uh, he's not going to be asked to run a team by himself uh, by any stretch. Um, so he's going to be a nice complimentary player and, uh, that's, I think that's what we come away with even more sure of, um, Nismith. Um, it's no secret. I really want Nismith to seize the starting, um, backcourt spot, uh, next to smart. Uh, I think that would put this team in the best position to have balance, uh, you know, one through nine, one through 10 uh, of our team during the year. Uh, his shooting ability blends well with the Jays. He had his first couple of threes tonight, but then after that, he missed the last six. Um, we missed a bunch of threes, took a lot of quick rush shots. Later on, he was rushing his shots and pulling a little quick and again, contested. Um, and that's fine. You know, I know he said he wanted to work on contested shots in an interview anyway. This is fine. I expect during the season, he's not going to have to take many contested shots because he's rarely going to be on the floor in a position where he's an offensive hub like he is in, in summer league. He's going to be playing off guys that are all better than him, that are penetrators, guys that are going to create gravity. And he's going to end up with nothing but wide open looks. He's just going to have to locate or relocate to open spots and hit shots or occasionally cut uh, off a post or off penetration back door and, and get a layup. Um, but yeah, I was really pleased with him. Uh, our, our two guys, our two second year guys look like they're going to be really, really positive contributors for the team this year. I would like for some, uh, for, um, I would like for Nismith to start and get maybe 20 to 23 minutes a game, uh, you know, get some, uh, get some minutes like the first, I don't know, six minutes of the first and third and you know, six, seven minutes of the first and third, and then maybe the final, uh, well, maybe not, I don't know if they're the final, maybe not the final, but, um, so I don't know, maybe more like 20, 18 to 20, you know, cause it's, it's not important who starts, it's more important who finishes, but I, I would like to see him start. And so maybe grab 18 minutes, maybe not 20, 30, maybe more like 18 to 20 and, you know, maybe help, uh, get the team off to a good start in the half and then get subbed out and maybe play a little bit more after that. But in close games have, a, you know, a different lineup to close. But uh, I would like to see that. And that way you can have Schroeder 
and in Jay Rich and uh, Pritchard and Al, who I would have coming off the bench, getting three veteran guys coming off the bench and Pritchard, who's I think is going to be pretty reliable by the end of the year. He's already pretty reliable, but I think he'll be even more reliable. So to me, that's, you know, that's the seeds of a really good team. You know, that's, that's a a good rotation, a good veteran bench. Um, That's going to, that I think is going to be a breath of fresh air from what we had to endure last year. It was, Last year was a dumpster fire. Uh, it was a train wreck. Um, it is nasty. It's nasty to watch. Like I wanted to wash my eyes out with battery acid with Javante and Shemi and Grant playing bad defense and all of that last year that that we had and Jeff Teague. Oh. Jeff T. I can't believe Jeff T won a title. Like, I'm not ready to shut this pod right off right now. I hate that so much. But anyway, so point is, bench is going to be better. All right. And that's that's what we want. Um, as for guys who were nice finds, um, who you know acquitted themselves really well, who uh maybe have the chance to later on be you know, nice guys who could add something to this team at some point in the future. Um, first off, Begaron, Juan Begaron, he's uh, he's as raw as they come. He's only, what, 19 years old. Um, you know, tough game today, lots of turnovers, uh, trying to do a lot of things that really is – beyond his scope right now, you know, the scouting report on him is that he is a good passer, but he does often try to do too much. His handle is very loose. He creates dribbles into too many turnovers. We saw that tonight and that's okay. Um, And the shots needs work, but there's still a lot to like about this kid. Super athletic, made a great block. Um, uh, on a, a chase down, um, hit some shots, made some nice passes on the break. I mean, he is an unselfish kid. He is 100% an unselfish kid out there. And so I wonder if he might be good enough to take that last two-way spot and where the original plan, I think, was to send him back for another year as a draft and stash. He may have played himself into a role that says, you know what? Maybe you're good enough that it may make more sense to keep you around this team and have you learn from our guys. He may have done that for himself. I thought he really handled himself well. Um, You know, as I like to say, there's a good lump of clay there to mold. There's a good lump of clay there. There's, There's some things, there's some, some physical attributes that go well. He, he, he clearly thinks the game, I think, even if he doesn't know the right play yet to make and when to make it and uh, how to slow down yet. But there's something there. There's something there. There's like a, a baby Iguodala lurking in there somewhere, you know. 
uh, like that. I, I, I really liked what I saw from him. Bruno Fernando. Um, there's no, I think there's, it's no surprise that our first game where we didn't have Bruno was like, uh, was, a, was a difficult game where we fired up 53s and we didn't touch the paint at all. We didn't, we didn't look like we defended well. And save for this game, once we added Bruno, we looked like a lot more cohesive team with a better inside-out game. Um, he's surprising off the dribble. Uh, I know he said he loves KG. That's his guy. He made a couple of great blocks early on in this game tonight. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of bright spots in this game, but I thought he made some nice plays as well. Um, looked decent on the, on, as a role man. I think he looks like he could excel as a short role guy. He could play. I think he could play minutes at both big spots. Honestly, he's got, I think he's got that mobility. He's got that level of mobility. No people are, are in a rush to say we need uh, another four guy, we, you know, and maybe we do, maybe we don't. Um, and if we get one, that's fine. That said, I think Fernando is another young guy who has some promise. And I think he's got some promise at both big spots. Uh, and there are a lot of things that I think he can do. I don't know if he will be here long term, but if he is, there's a lot to like there too. Um, you know, uh, just, I, I was I was impressed. Uh, Hauser, who is our our one two way guy right now, signed that deal. Um, you know, not much of him today. But you've seen enough of him to say, uh, hey, you did, you shot the ball well enough, send you up to Maine. Uh, I think we're going to go back to, you know, the 45 days or whatever number that is uh, up at the big league club and the rest in Maine, like um, they did in seasons past. Um, last year, they didn't. You could you have your two-way guys up with the big team all year because of COVID. Um, I think they'll go back to that this year and that's fine. If he's back in, uh, if he's up in Maine, um, for the Maine Celtics, it's weird saying Maine Celtics and not, um, you know, uh, the Maine Red Claws. Um, but if he's up there, Maine fans will like him. Uh, he's a nice shooter. Um, uh, he's a guy I think unlike, I don't want to talk about Taco Fall. I'm very, guys, I'm still, I still haven't really, I wish I could quit him. But, you know, I miss Fall. Anyway, but Taco and Trent Waters, uh, Trent Waters. Um, but, uh, um, Waters, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Uh, doesn't matter. He he made that much of an impact anyway. Um, but Waters, but neither of those guys really look like they could be much of anything. I know Waters is, I think, in Houston now. Uh, maybe. But uh, 
uh, somewhere now, but I, I think Houston. Um, Tremont Waters. But um, Hauser has a chance, I think, to, you know, maybe next year, maybe in a couple of years, whatever, depending on how our line, our roster looks like. He's a guy who could, you know, be a Duncan Robinson type S kind of guy, just relocates and fires threes and maybe eventually shows he can do a little more than that. He's lumbering as hell on defense. He's going to be a hole right there. That's for sure. But kid can shoot the ball and shootings at a premium in this league right now. You know, and we know that's true. So um, that leaves us with uh, a couple of guys, Romeo. Uh, Romeo, I was saying before, we made it out of summer league healthy. And I was almost right, except for the last two guys I'm going to talk about. One is Romeo. Romeo, I saw on Twitter, Apparently, Romeo did not play this game tonight because he hurt his wrist. Apparently, it does not have anything to do with the wrist he had surgery on. I don't know if it's the same wrist or if it just or if it's not the same wrist or if it is the same wrist, but it's still a different injury than the one he had, than why he had surgery on it. But my God, mother, this kid is snake bit. Like he's got to walk around and Goddamn bubble wrap. Like, I've never seen. He is like Mr. Glass from Unbreakable. Like, they should have him, you know, with a cane out there as he as he leaves the as he leaves the building. He is like Mr. Glass. Like, there's no reason. Like, every time he's like, he's hurt. It's it just sucks. Like, I, I feel my heart breaks for this kid, but at this point, I don't even know what you do. You know, you, there's nothing you can do. Like, I, at this point, I, I feel like this is, in the end, it's going to be sunk cost. I mean, he'll probably play some point for this year. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he gets traded at the deadline in a bigger deal uh, for someone else. Maybe someone else wants to give him a shot at a change of scenery and, you know, build him up that way. Um but it just it just hasn't worked for Romeo. Uh, and that's a shame. That's a shame. He's a likable kid, good defender, long arm, you know, good resume. Just just hasn't worked. Uh, speaking of hasn't worked, the other guy who was also injured and had a groin issue uh, was Yamadar. Um word on Twitter that I posted in uh, the Reds Disciples group earlier today uh, says that if Yom does not get the other two-way deal uh, or take the other two-way deal, that he would go back overseas to play with Partisan Belgrade. Uh, apparently their coach is the most famous or one of the most famous European coaches. Uh, which I think is a good good deal for him. I think that's a win all the way around. We really don't have a spot for Yom right now. It doesn't make sense for him to be here. Uh, with the groin issue, he's still got to, you know, get healthy. There's clearly things he can still work on. It just makes more sense for him to be back there. Uh, I know Billy, who was here last week, 
um, said it's possibly even think maybe, uh, you know, maybe he, he, maybe he doesn't make it back here. Like, I think Billy said that, or someone I already said this, and I kind of agree. You know, hot take, maybe, and maybe said it on, on, on the group, but hot take, maybe, maybe Yam doesn't even play in the league. Like, I mean, then this is second, this is second round picks, guys. I mean, it, 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 I'm not making any, I say hot take, this is really lukewarm take. This is like, hmm. This is like moderately lukewarm take is that maybe he doesn't play. I mean, look at what's in front of him now. Marcus, who just signed his extension. I'll, I'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but obviously the rise of Peyton Pritchard. Um, and of course, Dennis Schroeder for this year, for as long as he's here with us, obviously done. There's just, there's no room for young and that's okay, man. That's okay. But I mean, even beyond this year uh, with those with smart and Pritchard kind of getting locked in for the next three, four years now, like what's the, the chance that this kid's going to break in and steal a lots of minutes as these guys continue their play. Like it, like it's odds are not in his favor. You know? They are not in his favor at all. So, uh, yeah, man, I wouldn't be surprised if he just says, you know what? I'm, um, big swinging D over here in Europe. Maybe this is just where I stay. And, you know, having the rights to Yamadar is going to be some funny joke that we'll talk about seven, eight years from now. Like, oh, you remember the the Yamadar mania from 2021 and how exciting that was for like two minutes? Like, maybe it just becomes that one of those stories, guys. I don't, I don't know. Tell me what you think. But that, that's that's what I'm kind of wondering here. But perfect segue to the big news of today, which was not our th getting throttled by the Sacramento Kings summer league team. We have us a starting point guard, and that is one Marcus Aloysius Smart. Um, but Marcus gets the bag. He secures the bag. The bag of four years and 77 million uh, pesos. Uh, good, you know what? Good for Marcus. Like, I know there, there are people that are, are for this, and there is a, a, a vocal minority who are not against this. I mean, who are not for this deal, who do not like Marcus, who do not like how much he shoots. And I get it. You know, my whole deal with Marcus was concern over whether or not he would be worth it at 20 mil. Um, obviously, you got the max available he can get. Uh, and with the upcoming TV deal coming up, you know, truth is he could have gotten 20 mil outside of us and probably would have been worth it. 
My concern actually was not whether it was worth, not just was whether it's worth it. Does does he impact our ability to gain a, to get a third star to to bring in more top end talent? That was more of my concern. And the answer, actually, upon doing a little bit more research, is he doesn't. To my surprise. Because that would have been my big concern. Otherwise, from a basketball standpoint, I really like Marcus. Um, I like Marcus at point guard, uh, just to be clear. I, I don't like Marcus off the ball. I, you know, if some of you know, I went to the draft in 2014 when we drafted Marcus. And I had done my scouting on him at OK State back then. He was a point guard at, at OK State. You know, at Oklahoma State, he was the point guard. We brought him in his rookie year. He played primarily at, at the traditional one spot. And it wasn't until after Danny began his love affair with small scoring guards, beginning with IT, that Marcus ended up getting shifted over because Marcus was so defensively versatile that he could guard bigger guy guards and smaller guards. And, you know, it was just easier for him to play off ball. But I really think, and I've said this before uh, with Billy in the last few podcasts, like I really think Marcus, you know, has the potential to be a really solid point guard for us. Um, you know, and I know everyone's made the argument, so I'm not going to, go too far into that, but I, I think I would love to see him in the Gary Payton role, posting up a little bit more, playing a little bit more bully ball. I would love to see Marcus do that. Um, but I think, I think he's going to be good. And, and Marcus to his credit, I, I think he, he demand, he had, he had a, a number of demands before he would sign this deal originally bull. Uh, I believe it was either Murphy or bullpet put out that it was the original offer was going to be just four for 17 flat. Um, but Marcus, you know, who didn't get the number he wanted the last time he was in free agency, he misread the market this time he held fast to his guns. He's like, I want to get paid like I am important to this team. Not only am I important to this team, but I'm a point guard. I want the ball. You had all these other point guards in here where I play in next to one. I'm bending over backwards for them. I'm playing out of my position. I want the ball. And. It's like, um, if I'm coming back here, you give me the ball. And he got it. He got it. Sham said, like, he's going to be a point guard, and that's not news. Like, I, I think Brad wanted this the whole time, but Brad wasn't the one buying the groceries up until now. So good for Marcus. Good for him, you know, going out there and getting, getting what he's worth. And he gets the trade kicker. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, there is a trade kicker on this deal, probably a 15% trade kicker. Um, 
Trade kickers, if you're not familiar, they're meant as a deterrent. If you trade the player, they get an additional 15% added to their salary uh, or whatever number it is. Usually, usually it's 15, but sometimes it's a different number. Um, but I think Marcus probably would have wanted a no trade clause because he wants to stay here, but, and they, Brad probably was not going to do that. But so the concession, the compromise was a trade kicker. Uh, I think that's highly likely that that's how, probably how that, that negotiation went. And that's, and that's okay for Brad too, because in three years, which is really the window we're working with here, that deal, even with a trade kicker, is still going to be eminently tradable. It's not tradable now. Um, you don't really want to trade it right now. But in two years, if something goes wrong, and I mean, if something goes wrong there, something probably went wrong a lot of ways. Um, but in two years, or if you, you know, if you need to, if, it, if the Marcus Smart experience doesn't work for EMA or they get find uh, a better player who adds more to the team, you know, that's a contract that's going to be really tradable after with cap rises and the new uh, television money deal coming in 2025 or 26, whenever that is. Um, this deal really, this really wasn't a lot of money for Marcus. It, it's actually just smart business and it actually does make things this team even more flexible. And the big thing for me is it doesn't actually deter our ability to add better talent. Like my concern is I did not want Marcus to be our third star to end up having that be the case. Like, cause that's to me is not good enough. That's not enough talent. If Marcus Smart is your third best player, but and so there's actually a way we could still get Beal and not even need to move Marcus or Al if we don't want to. We could if we wanted, but we don't have to. Um, and that is because of the other deal that was announced today. The Fournier defection to New York is actually now a sign-in trade in which we get a, you guessed it, another traded player exception. 17.1 million on this one. And uh, that opens the door for a number of different options for this team. One, we can add a player into that who we think would be good trade ballast for a deal with. Washington. We could get a guy like that, add maybe Jay Rich to it for whoever we trade into this exception, add Jay Rich, add Romeo, add a pick or two, and boom, you got Beal. You got enough to get Beal, and you don't even have to move part of your core. So you could end up with a with a starting five that looks like smart, Beal, Jalen, Jason. And Time Lord with Al on the bench, with uh, Pritchard on the bench. Um, you could even make uh, you could even make Dennis Schroeder part of that deal. 
you know, move him in that deal and, and let them work with him too. Um, but whatever, you know, or you could keep him. You know, there are ways, there are tons of ways to do this. Um, you know, and you could keep Schroeder and, or not, and you still have the parts of our veteran bench working. That's a team that I think could threaten in the East. That's a team that could legitimately threaten in the, in the East. And furthermore, moving forward after that, when you sign, when you resign him to a max contract and go over the cap uh, to sign Beal with all that, you'll still be able to, you know, find ring chasers. That starting five with some of those guys afterwards, even, even if, you lose Jay Rich and Schroeder uh, in the offseason. You know, you'll still have Al for one more year. You'll have, obviously, our, our, our two second-year players, but you can find some more ring-chasing veterans at that point. There'll be guys who can play. Like, now, now we're looking at a team that has some serious top-end talent that I think could threaten in the East, threaten to get out of the East, not just to play hard, but threaten to get out of the East and make it to the finals. And that's what we want. That's what the next three years are about, getting to the finals. So getting that traded player exception is huge. I know everybody is sick. And if you've played the Let's take a shot every time we hear the word traded player exception on this team. You're probably already dead of alcohol poisoning. I get it. But these things are useful tools. So now what I haven't said is even if you decide not to go the Beatle route, there are guys you can get with a 17.1 million traded player exception. First, we'll start with my favorite guy. And that's Christian Wood. Like, I don't know that we have enough in trade as far as picks or talent that they would want to get him. Um, but I would really like to find a way if we could get Christian Wood. That would just be just, that would just be nails. That would be so good. Um, Robert Covington out of Portland. That would be another great defensive swing guy, three to four, uh, three, four, traditional three, four defensively who can shoot. He'd be great. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., a versatile um, swing guy who can post up a little bit, shoot a little bit, pass a little bit. Um, super athletic, uh, he'd be great. Uh, the popular pick, of course, is Kyle Anderson due to his familiarity with Ime Udoka uh, from San Antonio. Slow-mo would also be a great pick. You have him. Um, once again, you add him as depth to this team, and you got a lot of nice veteran depth here. Like, like that may be a, a that's like a good team coming off your bench. If you have 
Schroeder, Richardson, Slow-Mo, Al, you know, and that's the basis of your bench, let alone the two kids and even Ennis Cantor who will come in and, you know, shine shoes for most of the season and then play, you know, you know, play 50 games here or there, whatever, when Al sits out or guys sit out, like that would be, a, that would be a great looking team. I mean, and even if we didn't get a big guy, a, a big talent, I mean, we have options where if we had a guy like one of these guys that I just mentioned, you know, Ime could take a look at that and see like, all right, let's see what the ceiling, let's see if we can figure out what the ceiling is on this team and see if we need to make another move after that. This gives him um, some room to play around with the roster a little bit, see what he see what we come up with, see how we can build up the young guys, add this young talent, add, add this veteran talent to that and say, all right, let's, let's see how good we are and then figure out, all right, do we need to make adjustments or, you know, can we just, you know, take off and just go with this? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the interesting part. That's going to be, I think, the next order of business for this team is what happens with this traded player exception. Now this, he could wait until later in the season for this. We for all we know, we may be done until training camp, but um, it's possible we're not. Uh, I know he may uh, said recently said they might be looking to add even more veterans so maybe this traded player exception is now the vehicle that allows us to do that. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure when camp begins. I want to say beginning of September. Uh, but we'll see what we got at that point. All right. So with that in mind, uh, let's take a look back at last week's poll because that is certainly relevant. Poll I asked last, I, I put on uh, the Facebook Reds Disciples page. And again, if you're watching this or if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you're not a member of Reds Disciples, get your freaking life together. All right. Because it is a vibe in there. All right. We are, everybody is bringing it, everybody's bringing the knowledge. You want to learn about this team. When I have great conversations, you need to get up on it. That's that's word. You need to be you need to be on it. All right. So quit playing. But that said, the poll I posted there last week, which we got. Let me see how many responses. Uh, Thirty nine responses better than last week. Uh, I can't wait till we're getting like. 50 and 75 responses to these polls, but 39 is, is, is good. So I said, what grade would you give Brad thus far? A, B, C, D, or F? Uh, I said A myself. And that's just because I thought getting out from under Kemba's contract alone um, was a B to start with. And not only that, you know, subtracting his defense, but bringing back a guy who can reliably pay, play defense uh, was great. But then you've added in all these other moves, 
um, what he's done to add to the team, getting Jay Rich, um, the defensive wing off the bench, um, adding Cantor as, uh, you know, the third string, you know, safety blanket, third big kind of guy. I thought that was great. Um, uh, Juan Begaron, the draft pick. I thought that that was good. Uh, smart use of these TPEs. Um, I said he, I gave him an A. Um, 11 people gave him, 10 other people gave him an A besides me. Three people gave him a C. And 25, 25 of you said he was an A. Uh, excuse me, he was a B, excuse me. So 25 of you said he was a B. Uh, I wonder, does the extension of Marcus Smart and what he projects to be on this team now moving forward as your starting point guard, does that lift the grade for any of you? Does that lift him into B plus or A minus territory for some of you? Uh, I wonder that. that. Um, but that uh, was... An interesting uh, number of response. I think B. Um, I like another wrong with with the B. I think it. I think Brad really has done you know the Lord's work. Honestly, he's been great. Um, to wrap up on this episode, the last thing I wanted to go over was this week's post of the week. Uh, if you are new listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, or you're watching, uh, you're watching my face on uh, YouTube, uh, every week I have a post of the week. And what I do is I will skim through some of the posts from this last week and find one that, shut up phone. Stupid phone interrupted me, sorry. I'll find a post that uh, I think is interesting or provocative or whatever. Phone, be quiet. Excuse me, guys. So this week's post comes from one of my oldest friends, Max Charles, who I've known Max since grade school. Um, but Max, uh, who says, I'm going to be patient. This is talking about Romeo um, in regards to Romeo's situation. I'm going to be patient. He's 21. Uh, he's had two years of with injuries, COVID, et cetera. He's clearly got some talent. We don't need much from him right now other than the defense and effort. And so I thought this was interesting because what is the prevailing wisdom regarding Romeo right now? How, when, you, when I say Romeo's name, what are you feeling? Are you, are you feeling nauseous? Are you feeling sad? Are you still feeling hopeful? Like, what is your deal? When I say Romeo Langford, do you, do you just want to automatically throw shit? Like, is, is that what, what happens? Like, 
what was your expectation for, for Romeo going into this year? Is, do we need to, should we have already realigned what our expectations of Romeo are at this point? Like Romeo didn't even play in this game. Um, yes, I he didn't have, he wasn't bad when he played in the games he did play. It's just, he missed two out of five games. Uh, there's a wrist thing again. At this point, I don't know how much more you can expect from him. And so if ex expectations need to be realigned when we're talking about Romeo, um, does that mean that you're disappointed that you don't want him? Like, do you still think that there's something there? Are you like, all right, Romeo, you got one more game before you piss me off with all these injuries. Like, where, where are you with this? Like, I'm sad. And at the same time, I'm also kind of, you got one more game. Because... You know, we, we're looking for um, young guys to either develop so they can be part of this team or hopefully be traded, trade assets. Um, I think Nismith was drafted last year, but I think Nismith is far more projectable and it looks like he's going to be what we all think he's going to be. But maybe do we even know what Neesmith is supposed to be anymore? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what we're supposed to do about him. So I don't know if you see, if you're listening to this, if you're in the sound of my voice, if you were in YouTube, add comments, tell me what you think about Romeo and where he's at. Uh, it, or even better, join the Reds Disciples Facebook community. Drop a post, say, say, Aaron, this is what I think about Romeo. This is where I'm at on him. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think. So, but I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, if you're still here, I hope I didn't bore the pants off you. Um, I decided to go it alone this week, um, but I'm sure we'll have a guest next week. Um, it'll be somebody. Um, but uh, um, I hope you've enjoyed this thus far. Uh, and yeah, we're just going to keep, we're just going to keep rolling on this. Uh, we try and get this production value up a little bit. We'll get that going a little bit too. So if you're, if you're bearing with me here, I appreciate you. Um, and otherwise, um, y'all be good. Seize up. And um, but it's going to be, it, it'll still be, it'll be probably a little bit slow. Things will probably slow down a little bit right now, but we'll still do this once a week. Um, and we'll still uh, update you on any news and you know, recap any, uh, anything, any interesting thing that happens. Um, and certainly during the season, we'll probably bump it up a little bit, but um, otherwise, 
Y'all have a great rest of your day. All right. Wherever you're at. All right. Stay up. Be blessed. All that. Later.